opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another Whole Foundation Presents. Today, we're going to have Creating Your Own Podcast, Part 1. So um, next Tuesday will be Part 2. My name is Carrie Muth, and I'm one of the sight loss instructors at the Whole Foundation and Learning Center. And I'm joined today by our ACB host, who's also sight loss instructor, Teresa Christian. Hello. And our facilitator today is Michael Babcock. Hello. Okay. And um, I'll have more announcements at the end of the meeting. So our goal is to learn about creating your own podcast, and we have a few reminders. Um, please keep yourself muted, so background noises aren't so um, prevalent. There will be question and answer times throughout um, during the meeting, and so you can always raise your hand for that. And I'm going to go ahead and let Teresa explain all the ways to mute and unmute yourself and raise your hand. Okay. <clears throat> So if you're on a PC, all of these are toggles, by the way. So if you're on a PC to mute, it is Alt-A. If you want to raise and lower your hand, it's Alt-Y. If you're on a Mac to mute and unmute, it's Command-Shift-A. And on the Mac for, I almost said hand-holding. <laughs> Raising and lower your hand, it's Option-Y. We'll hold your hand. <laughs> If you're on the app to mute, the lower left-hand corner is the button. And if you want to um, raise your hand, the lower right-hand corner is the mute. I mean, sorry, gosh, is the more button. And then flick to the left, and you'll find the mute and unmute. If you're on a touchtone phone to mute, it is star six. And to raise your hand, it is star nine. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and we do have a couple other Zoom sessions this week, and not all of the whole Foundation and Learning Center sessions are listed on the ACB community call. So at the end of this session, I will give contact info so you can call Whole Foundation and get on their email list. And I'll let you know what else is coming up at the end of the meeting. So right now I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Michael Babcock. All right, thank you for that, Carrie. Really appreciate it. And I, I'm uh, thankful for each and every one of you who have joined us. And a huge thank you to the whole foundation and ACB Media and ACB in general for making this possible. So I am Michael Babcock. I've been a podcast host off and on for uh, going on eight years now. Uh, I do a weekly co-hosted show, a bi-weekly co-hosted show, so every other Tuesday it comes out, uh, when Michael remembers to actually hit the publish button, and I say that because this morning I, I scheduled the podcast, but I only saved it and I didn't publish it, so after this call I gotta go publish it, because I was looking at it and I'm like, oops, accidents happened, so full transparency there. And I am excited to go on this adventure with some of you to explore launching your own podcast. Now, launching your own podcast does require some technological uh, know-how and some technology background. If you've already launched a podcast or you have uh, some experience with audio, some of this information may be 
uh, underwhelming for you. And I appreciate those who do stay on, but also understand if you realize, you know, maybe I don't need to listen to this. In addition, I'm going to give you guys some definitions here shortly, and they are not textbook definitions. What I did is I went and created a list of terms that I think is important for each individual thinking about launching a podcast to be aware of. And I kind of put my own little spin on it and gave you, and I'm going to be giving you an explanation of those terms. Before we get into it, a lot of, well, before we jump into the definition section, a lot of stuff that I may mention today will be included in after sh uh, call notes. I, as a podcast host, rely way too much on, and I'm using air quotes, show notes. So notes to refer people back to. Uh, and so I'm going to get these over to the whole foundation probably about a half hour after we get done with this call. So I recommend if you aren't on the list of individuals who are going to receive those notes to follow the instructions Carrie provides at the end of this call in order to get on those uh, on that list. And with that, let's jump into it real quick. Oh, and I will be pausing periodically for questions. And then towards the end, I generally want to answer some uh, or take some real life examples or answer some questions or scenarios after we go over some of these uh, details uh, to make it more of a open forum of discussion if we have time for it. So let's define some terms, get the uh, definitions out of the way. And we're going to start with audio or I have in parentheses sound card. This is the part of the part of your computer that is what plays audio. If you wear headphones and you plug your headphones into your computer, then you're typically plugging those headphones into a sound card. If you plug a microphone into your computer via USB, uh, so you plug your microphone into your computer and then you talk into it, then you are using another version of a sound card and a sound card will be used for audio input and output. And audio editor is the next thing we're going to talk about. And that is a tool used to edit or record content in an audio form. And a lot of your audio editors will also let you do some basic editing with video. The gotcha with using an audio editor for editing video is an I'm guilty of this because I'm completely blind and I've done it in a pinch, but if you edit video with an audio editor, chances are a sighted individual or someone who has sight is going to see abrupt edits in your audio, uh, which means it may, you're, let's say you're looking up, for example, and you want to take out an um out of the word, and by the time you take out the um, you're looking down, it may be super abrupt for a sighted individual to uh, go through that transition. So just be aware of that. Audio editor can also be referenced uh, or can also be used in conjunction or uh, used an alternative to using a video editor um, because sometimes they get mixed up. Audio interface is something that I have a, a substantial one. We'll talk about the one that I have. This is what allows you to take a microphone that doesn't support USB and get that microphone into your computer. In addition, it will allow you to send audio out of your computer. And we'll talk about some scenarios for why this might be important later on in this call. But an audio interface is ultimately a way for you to take analog audio, so your voice, a cassette tape, CD player, and 
digitize that audio into your computer more often than not in an audio editor. Uh, Double-end recording, and I'm going to talk about this uh, later on too, is where you and anyone else you are recording record yourself on your own computer. So we're all on, we're all, I almost said we're all on Skype. We're all on Zoom right now. Uh, a quick side note, I say that Zoom is the modern day version of Skype with the audio challenges it has. But we're all on Zoom right now. And if Carrie and I were recording a podcast, we could simply rely on Zoom to record that podcast or to get a higher quality podcast and a better listening experience for the listener, you can set it up so you record and your remote host. So I would record and Carrie would record on our own computers. And then we would bring the files together to produce the end product. So a double end recording is simply where each person on the recording is recording locally and not reliant on the software that's used to connect them. Headphones, I think we all know what those are. They are uh, what you wear so you don't have echo. If I was to record a podcast with a remote guest and or a remote co-host and didn't use headphones, then chances are the recording from my microphone would pick up that remote guest in the speakers and then there would be some echo and it would not turn out to be a pleasant experience for the end user. Mic or microphone is a device that you use to talk into and capture your voice for use on the recording. Now, we're all here because we want to talk about a podcast, but what is a podcast? And uh, if you listened two weeks ago to ACB Media or you had joined us on the Hall Foundation call, then we talked a little bit about what a podcast is. A podcast is an on-demand radio show. It's the best, simplest way to explain that. And uh, having dogs in the background is not a good way to record a podcast. I apologize uh, about that. But uh, a podcast is an on-demand radio show. Or you can also make video podcasts. You upload your podcast to a podcast host and you add it to a podcast directory. Both of these terms will be defined in a moment. And the podcast, ho or the podcast is what people download to listen to or watch your content. Podcast directory. Most popular podcast directory is the iTunes directory. There is Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play Music. Uh, those are other podcast popular podcast directories. Say that three times fast. And I use Overcast as my podcast app. And Overcast leverages their own podcast directory in conjunction with iTunes to render to you a list of all the podcasts that you can subscribe to. Now, if you are producing your own podcast, you'll need a podcast host, defined in a moment, and you need to take your podcast feed, which we'll also talk about in a moment, and submit it to a podcast directory. A podcast feed is a, uh, it's often referenced as a podcast feed or an RSS feed. And this is what your podcast host provides you so that you can submit your content to the podcast directory. Whenever you upload content or add content to your podcast host, and you actually press the publish button, then your podcast content will then be pushed to your podcast feed and people subscribe to your podcast feed either through a podcast directory or directly 
from your podcast feed. And these podcast apps that we talked about a couple of weeks ago are then notified that so-and-so's podcast has published new content and allows the podcast listener the opportunity to listen to your content. So we've talked about a podcast host a little bit, and a podcast host is simply a web service that allows you to publish your content and to that RSS feed. A lot of people might say, hey, Michael, well, I got a website with WordPress. I'm just going to upload my, my podcast content to my website and get an RSS feed from there and submit that to the podcast directories. And you can do that. But ultimately, think about the end user's experience. So if you got a popular podcast, a super popular podcast, and 50,000 people are trying to download your podcast, your web host may not be able to handle that much content being uh, transferred. So you want to use a dedicated hosting solution, such as a podcast host, I'll tell you my favorite in a moment, and allow and connect that podcast host with your website. And I've got another couple of things that weren't in my, oh, I did, I actually didn't put them in alphabetical order, so I'm gonna jump over here. So show notes, I referenced this earlier, is notes that are published alongside your podcast when you upload your podcast to your podcast host, when you upload your podcast episode to your podcast host. And these often can be referred back to for people who want to get additional information. Or let's say you mention, you know, go to our show notes to use this coupon code to get 40% off your first four months of podcast hosting. Uh, so that's something that you can put in your show notes in order to uh, point your listeners back to. And so you can reference information on your podcast because most people who are listening to a podcast are either driving, working out, doing dishes, myself, doing something else where they can't take note of the content that you share with them. But if you can tell them a couple of times to go to a website to get your podcast show notes and you add the additional information you mentioned in the podcast to those notes, then it can make it a better experience for the end user. Two more terms to define and uh, then we'll jump into a couple of other things before we take questions. The podcast cover art is the art that is visually seen when someone is browsing a podcast directory. You can have cover art for your show itself uh, and you can also have cover art for each episode to help each episode stand out from uh, one another. Podcast cover art does have some specific specifications that I'm making a note to put in the notes here so you can have access to that when you get these notes. Uh, but in summary, uh, the podcast art must be at least 1400 pixels by 1400 pixels no greater than 3,000 by 3,000 pixels, and your podcast cover art must be a square. Those are iTunes requirements, and iTunes uh, is the number one used podcast directory. Therefore, I typically tell people to use that as your standards for your podcast cover art. Uh, and we can talk about where to get some of this created if people are interested. Now, a website is your place that you can send people to related to your podcast. If you used, well, I'm going to pick on Libsyn, which is a popular podcast host that I have used in the past, but I don't currently use them. 
If you use podcast, if you use Libsyn, your show's name is My Podcast. Libsyn will give you a free website at mypodcast.libsyn.com. Well, right there, that's kind of a mouthful when you have to say, "Go check out our show notes at mypodcast.libsyn.com." Every episode, it may and 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 it also is branding the Libsyn service. So. The other thing about this is if you use a built-in website for your podcast host, mypodcast.libsyn.com and Teresa'spodcast.libsyn.com will look very similar. We'll be able to have different colors and different logos, but the general experience is going to be very similar to uh, other people reliant on their podcast hosts for the website. So that's why it's important to explore having your own website. Um, so... I'm going to, that's pretty much the terms that I have in my list uh, to define for uh, you guys. And we're going to jump into the content of what we're going to talk about today. And um, there will be some additional terms that I realized as I was going through these that I forgot to put on. So we'll add those as we go. So why might you want to have a podcast? That's a very good question. And, you know, uh, some people create a podcast for a hobby. You like to do something with audio. I will, I will shamelessly admit that when I was in school, I would create uh, radio shows that I voiced myself and then burnt onto audio CD and uh, gave those to my friends for Christmas or birthday presents. I did that, and uh, yeah, that was, that was me. But podcasting also is a great way to build awareness of projects that you're involved in. If you are a uh, person who is, who is um, majorly into advocacy, it may be that you are interested in sharing that advocacy experiences and knowledge in a podcast. Or maybe you're interested in reaching out to people to talk with them about their advocacy experiences and share that information in a podcast. I'm involved in a project where we talk with other individuals who have been employed and or are employed right now who happen to be blind or visually impaired. And we are sharing this podcast out to people who want to listen to these individual stories and get some ideas about how they can also find jobs or uh, explore employment as well. Maybe you're a small business owner and you want to build awareness of your products or your services, or you want to give demonstrations of how to use your products or services. Or maybe you just need to entertain people. Uh, and you're someone who likes to provide entertainment. That's another reason why you might start a podcast. And one other example is my friend and I, we started our podcast in 2017 together simply because we were on the phone talking about technology things that we figured maybe other people would like to be a fly on the wall and listen to us have those conversations. So why you might want to start a podcast can range substantially. But I think having your why and figuring out why it is that you want to go through the energy and effort of learning how to produce your own podcast is definitely uh, important because it, it can get it can be a struggle at times and a, it has its own unique challenges too. So that's a quick uh, idea for why you might want to have a podcast. What do you need to have a podcast? Of course, you need a topic to talk about. 
it's kind of a little difficult to sit in front of a microphone and not have anything to talk about. Makes it for a very stressful experience. Just throwing that out there uh, from someone who, who knows from experience. You also need to have either knowledge of being able to edit your podcast and or I guess you could just run with it not being edited, but you gotta remember the experience for the end user, the person listening to it, or the ability, or you have to have the ability to connect with someone to edit your podcast. And there are a lot of amazing audio editors in the blindness community. If that's how you want to uh, work with your podcast, if you want to employ someone or, or uh, outsource to someone to edit your podcast, uh, definitely explore that because there are some great people out there who do super jobs at producing amazing content. In addition, you need to have that podcast cover art. Again, you can go to a site like Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R dot com to get some podcast cover art. I leverage my 15-year-old brother uh, and I ask him, hey, can you make a podcast cover art for me real quick? And he uses a tool called Canva and that allows him to quickly produce podcast cover arts for me. And he knows the specifications to get them in. Um, in addition, there's a couple of uh, low vision or, or uh, low not not blind but low sight individuals who have sight impairments that can do some cover arts i've worked with a few of them out there as well you also need a tool to record with and i'm going to mention zoom because a lot of people use zoom i don't like i don't personally like the sound quality of zoom when you're recording podcasts even with um original sound enabled but that works for a lot of people and it's probably the easiest tool because if you're on this call and you're not listening on acb media you're probably already familiar of how to use zoom a recommendation when using zoom that i can give you is if you're recording a podcast go into your settings and under the recording setting you can enable zoom to give you an independent audio track for each user that allows you the ability to simulate a double-ended recording because let's say that Carrie and I are talking and I'm picking on you again Carrie and she's she's telling a great story but you guys hear this dog in the background and I'm not talking if you guys hear this dog in the background your audio editor or you can edit that audio out and that was perfect timing, Remington, uh, can edit that audio out and not affect the audio of Carrie talking. If uh, Carrie and I were talking and we didn't record on our own, and we didn't do a uh, uh, audio, record each individual on their own track, then it would be more difficult to edit the dog out. Again, rendering a not so pleasant experience for your uh, listener. And the last thing I think it's important you need is a podcast host. I use a podcast host. I've used them for uh, a while now. Uh, I've used them for 16 months now. I've used all three of these podcast hosts. I've used Libsyn. That's who I got started out on. I mentioned them earlier. They are pretty good, but they do charge you per podcast that you publish. Not podcast episode, but if you have two different podcasts, then you would have to pay monthly for each of those podcasts. I've used Blueberry, which is very popular, but I I don't I um 
I've used Blueberry, which is a very popular podcast host, especially if you're using WordPress to host your website. But one of the reasons I switched away from them is, again, they also charge you per podcast. Uh, I think you can get away with having multiple podcasts uh, and not paying for them, but their also pricing was a bit higher than what I liked. I finally settled on a podcast host that uh, ACB Media Content is hosted on as well called Pinecast. And the reason I settled with Pinecast is because they had the best deal available and I really like the fact that Matt at Pinecast is uh, receptive to a accessible experience for all users. So a podcast, um, a podcast host is very important for you. Uh, to have because again we want that to we want your content to be easy to consume and get to from your for your listeners so I'm gonna pause here and check with Teresa and see if we have any hands raised so we can and if your hand isn't raised go ahead and get it raised so we can take questions and answers uh, at this point and then we'll jump into additional content and then wrap it up uh, shortly but Teresa do we have any questions one person Jane Markley all right go ahead I uh, is anchor also a podcast host thank you for asking that and I totally neglected to mention anchor so yes they are and anchor is a good podcast host to get started on because they are free the gotcha with anchor that I think people need to be aware of is when you're using a service like Pinecast or Libsyn or Blueberry, as I previously mentioned, you're gonna pay some sort of money. Although Pinecast does have a free plan. Um, Anchor does all of the submissions for your podcast to the podcast directories, which means you don't actually control that experience in the podcast directory. So it's good for getting started, good to get going with, but I do recommend exploring one of the other podcast hosts uh, once you get comfortable with producing your podcast. Thank you. No problem. That's Any it for now. That's it. No questions. I talked a lot. Come on. There's going to be more <laughs> questions out there. <laughs> All righty. Gonna... I, I have a question, Michael. So, um, you know, you're recording and your dog's barking in the background. Can you edit that out of your own recording? With some caveats ideally um so i can use some noise reduction software to lower that volume of him barking in the background uh typically what i do though is i record when there's not high school kids walking around so there's less <laughs> of a chance of recording but yes it can be edited out most of the time it can be edited out when i'm not talking because when you try to make edits to your voice while you're talking it can degrade the sound as well but it, it can be done, yes. Now we have another question. Joe Pell. Go ahead. Joe Pell, uh, it does look like you are muted. If you want to go ahead and hit Alt-A uh, or Command-Shift-A. Oh, there you are. All right, can you hear me? Yep. Yep. All right. Um, what kind of costs are associated when um, producing um, with the host? Uh, not so much producing, but with the host. You mentioned there's a cost per episode or, and such. 
Yeah, so I pay, in, and I publish once every other week. My episodes are about an hour to an hour and a half long, so that's important information. But I pay $10 a month. Um, and with Pinecast, so with, with Blueberry and uh, Libsyn, they charge dependent on how much file you upload. So what the size of the files are that you upload that month. So let's say I uploaded two episodes that each of them were 60 megabytes. I would need to be on a plan that offered at least 120 megabytes of space per month. On uh, Pinecast, which is one I use, they do it slightly differently and they charge you based on the si maximum size of your file upload. So I could upload 20 episodes that were under 100 megabytes in a month, 100 megabytes or less, and I would still be fine with the $10 a month plan. So I know that's kind of convoluted, but you're looking at about eight to twelve dollars to get started a month. Another question, um, if you don't mind. So you have a subject. You did some research. You did uh, recorded some uh, dialogue. Um, what are some tips about marketing your podcast? You I mean putting it out there is one thing, but getting people and sponsors to listen to it. What do you have any tips for that? I have a couple. Um, I will talk about that in a few minutes for sure, because that is so true. Uh, you know, marketing the podcast can be its own challenge uh, after getting it recorded and going from there. One, one thing I wanted to mention for you, uh, Joe, is the fact that uh, Pinecast does also offer a free podcast host, and previously mentioned Anchor is free podcasting as well. Uh, some of your free podcast hosts will insert advertisements in your podcasts uh, dynamically. So that is something to be aware of. Pinecast does not. I don't remember if Anchor does because I've never used them. Um, but with Pinecast, their gotcha for their free plan is they only keep your most recent 10 episodes in your RSS feed. Whereas if you pay them, then you can have virtually unlimited episodes in your RSS feed. So you can get started for free if you wanted to explore it. You ready for more? Uh, I'm always ready for questions. Okay, we have two more right now. Um, Cheryl McNeil and then Nolan Parrish. So Cheryl McNeil, Mc, sorry. <laughs> Cheryl, Hi. Go ahead. Hi there. Hello. Thank you. Um, let's see. First, I wanted to say I, we're paying only $6 a month with Pinecast. And I don't know, maybe it was a deal or something. I don't remember. Um, but I also, and I, we, I got involved with Pinecast because ACB also and um i'm not doing this shameless i, I don't want to do a plug but at the same time i just wanted to add on that matt will be on writing works wonders on on in january and um and he has been so great i just want to reiterate what you said um he's easy to get a hold of and he's been very good about the um helping us with accessibilities too mm -hmm. and i did have a question and i don't know but I'm right now looking in my Zoom. Um, oh, the back, when you said uh, the, that's what I'm looking for right now, that recording with the, what did you call it, back? Something when two people, when you're recording both of them separately and you can um, yep. uh, edit that. What did you call that again? Yeah, give me 20 seconds and I will look it up for you real quick. Um, if you go down um, to the recording option in Zoom yeah. um, and you'll yeah. see local recording, there is a checkbox that will say record a separate 
file for each participant and you right. want to make sure that's checked. Now, one caveat okay. to this is mm -hmm. you do need to record to a computer for that. If you record okay. to the cloud, then it will not do separate recordings. Got it. Okay, great. And, Thank and you. And you are on the starter plan of Pinecast uh, for $6 uh, a month. So okay. uh, that, yeah, that is great. I wasn't sure what that is. Yeah, okay. Yep. I wasn't that sure. means I you can... That means you can upload a maximum of, I think it's 50 megabytes per file. And whereas ours yeah. are, our files are a little longer. So we wouldn't have upgraded to the hundred. And if we're being fully transparent, I also pay for a few other features with uh, yeah. Pinecast. I, I, yeah. our, my bill comes out to be about 25 a month with everything. Else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and that's it. I'm just, I'm still learning a lot of this too and, mm -hmm. and editing and all that stuff too. So. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate you doing this. Thanks no a lot. No problem. And, and, and real quick, what was the name of that call? Uh, Writing Works Wonders. It's on and, the ACB community on Fridays. Perfect. Well, I will be that there one, when yeah. Matt is there because that yes. is exciting and uh, definitely yeah. want to support him. So thanks the, for asking. Uh, yeah, it's the 21st of January. So awesome. thank you. Okay. No problem. Thanks. Next question, Teresa. Nolan is next. Good afternoon. Thank you for uh, hosting. Greatly appreciate that. And the answer to the response as far as Anchor providing uh, ads for your segments for the mm -hmm. podcast that you're hosting, yes, they will add the the ad spots, but you will have to send a um, I want to say an individual link to someone that wants to listen and that in your uh, your price or no your price for each uh, listener will go up depending on because I think Anchor has updated that I would be checking their website for more information. Right. If there's any concerns that you might have with your podcast. Um, yeah, I just thought I would throw that out there to let you know. Thanks. Perfect. I appreciate that, Nolan. And you brought up a good point. Do we have any other questions here, uh, Teresa? No. Perfect. So I'm going to jump into this real quick because Nolan brought up a good point and, and I really appreciate it. Um, don't get into podcasting thinking you're going to get rich. Uh, um, you can sell ads. You can do all you want with podcasting, but it is not going to be a way to make money. I look at podcasting as two things. Number one, a way to build awareness about the projects that I or my friends are involved in. And B, a way to have fun. I enjoy talking. I can talk all day long and some people will tell me to shut up and some people tell me, Michael, you should listen more instead of talking. But I have no problem with talking all day long and I like it. Uh, and honestly, uh, podcasting has, has allowed me the opportunity to meet some amazing individuals and get connected with them. So I never recommend anyone go into podcasting expecting to make a lot of money go into podcasting because it's something that truly interests you or it's something that you uh, enjoy doing or having fun with. So I'm going to go over these last two points unless do we have any other questions, Teresa? No. Nope. 
Okay, so I'm going to go over these last two points. We'll take about the next 10-ish minutes, and then uh, we'll open it up again for some questions. And then we're going to talk uh, some more about more advanced podcasting and, and maybe give some examples and some demonstrations next week uh, when we do the part two. And I'm also taking note of some questions so we can answer those if we don't get to them today. Like marketing. I'll try to get to it today. If not, then we'll get to it tomorrow. Uh, next week, not tomorrow. Uh, so what might you need, what might you want to learn how to do before creating a podcast? And we've kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, one thing you might want to learn how to do is learn how to interview. Learn the art of being able to get to know someone and ask them relevant questions that people will want to know the answers to. Because anyone can interview, but if you don't have a true passion for wanting to be able to learn why that person does what they do or how that person is able to, to complete the task, then chances are you're just going to produce a lackluster interview and may not be something entertaining for other people to listen to. For a little while, I used a horrible audio setup, and I'm ashamed to put it out there, but I'm going to anyways. I did a podcast called PPBI, or Passionate Professional Blind Individuals. Yes, I am thinking about bringing it back, but that was an experience for me to be able to interview individuals who were passionate about a topic, and they could talk about that topic all day long. Because as a podcast host, especially if you're doing an interview format, the podcast isn't about you. You need to have the ability to ask relevant questions and allow people to share their stories without you interrupting them. That There's nothing more that drives me crazy than someone who asks someone a question and then that person is answering the question and then, and then that person, the, the podcast host is like, wait, no, let me ask you this and, and let me talk about this and... It drives me crazy when a podcast host interviews the person or interrupts the person they're interviewing. Uh, a, because it can be fixed in editing, and B, because you gotta allow the person who you're interviewing the opportunity to share their story and share their findings. In addition, if you are interview or if you are hosting a podcast, it's important to be able to figure out who you're talking to. And this goes back to the question that was asked related to how do I market? Who is it that you want to share the stories on your podcast or the knowledge on your podcast with? For example, my wife is going back to medical school and this will never happen. So I'm going to share this as, as a, as a uh, theoretical story. If she was to launch a podcast interviewing other nurses, I, I can't even get her to record a podcast with my fancy setup, so I don't ever see that happening. But if she wanted to launch a podcast talking to other nurses and interviewing nurses about experiences in the ER, for example, then maybe she would be talking to nursing students and if she talking to nursing students through the podcast. And if she knew that she was talking to nursing students through the podcast, because she's interviewing these successful nurses about stories that they've experienced in the emergency room, then she would know that she needs to find places where nurses are hanging out so she can help those nurses with questions they're asking and share casually the fact that she has a podcast that's available. 
In addition, she can also share her story as a podcast host with other nursing podcasts. And at the end, most podcast hosts will say, how can people learn more about what you're involved in? Or how do people get in contact with you? And she could share her podcast. For me, when I'm talking to passionate professional blind individuals, I know that I wanted to, I, I knew that I wanted to talk to people who are maybe blind, maybe low vision, maybe a loved one of someone who is blind or low vision, and they want to hear the passion of a blind individual, and they want to hear the stories that other people are telling because they've been through it as a blind person. So I leveraged Blind Bargains to build some awareness of that podcast. I paid, I think it was $5.00. Full transparency, I do work for AT Dodge, just have to throw that out there. But I leveraged Blind Bargains. I also leveraged a couple of other blindness-related databases so I could get, A, awareness of the fact that the podcast was out there, and B, awareness of the fact that I was looking for people to interview. When I was looking to build my listenership, I would go into, uh, there's a few Facebook groups out there that are blindness related or um, assistance for blind individuals is one of them that I think it's still around. It was a Facebook group that, that was um, family members who were blind, that, or family members of blind individuals that were looking for support. And I would go into a Facebook group like that, and I would share the fact that I had a podcast. And, and of course, after I answered some questions, because there's a fine line that shouldn't be crossed between spamming and helping and sharing awareness. So to answer the question of how do you market your podcast and how do you get listeners, it's important to, A, realize who you're talking to who's listening to the podcast or who do you want to listen to the podcast or who is the podcast going to help the most and B, get into the area where those individuals are so that you can share the fact that your podcast exists. So that's my little soapbox on how, uh, what, what's something you need to be aware of before or while launching your podcast. Most importantly, you know, who are you talking to? Who's out there listening and who is it that you want to get your podcast in front of? Now, I'm going to touch on this next topic, but I want to open it up for questions here in a moment. Uh, so if you have any questions, please go ahead and raise your hand and we'll get to those as, as, uh, as they come in. But the next topic is about audio editing. And audio editing, again, to produce a successful podcast is important because you want to present a... Con you want to present content that's comfortable for the listener to listen to and something that people will enjoy participating in. So I use a tool and I've used a couple of tools. On Windows, I used to use a tool years ago called Goldwave. It's still fairly popular and people can use that for audio editing and there is some trainings for using Goldwave online. Um, Goldwave is great, but it doesn't give me the flexibility that I need for my audio editing. And admittedly, I, I have been spoiled by the tool that I use, which I'll talk about in a moment. I've used Amadeus on the Mac as well, and that is good for quick edits and to make things uh, sound okay. And I've also, I've not used it, but I know several people that use Audacity, which is a free audio editor, uh, and I hear it can be very helpful. I use the audio editor called Reaper, and you can get it at reaper.fm. 
with a add-on tool called Osara. And both of these tools with links to them will be in the after call notes that you can get access to uh, if you contact the whole foundation. Uh, I use Reaper because it gives me the ability to edit each track independently and then produce a final product. Uh, and with the add-on functionality of Osara, I'm able to use the software with a screen reader independently and I don't have to rely on anyone else uh, doing anything for me. And of course, I'm, I'm only using a fraction of what Reaper has the capability of doing, but it fits the needs of, that I have as well. There is a cost for Reaper. You can try it out for $60, uh, or I'm sorry, you can try it out for free. You can pay $60 uh, for the software. Um, I believe that's annually, if I remember right, I'm not 100% sure, but you can get that at reaper.fm. And again, you will need the Osara add-on, open source access. I'm not even gonna try to remember what the OSARA acronym stands for. I'm sure someone knows it off their top of their head, but I do not remember it. But when you install that, then the Reaper application becomes accessible with JAWS, NVDA, or Narrator, and it also can be used with VoiceOver if you're a Mac user. Um, so that's what I use for editing. Uh, I think it's important for someone to have, especially even if you're going to outsource the audio editing that you're doing, in my opinion, it is important for you to have a basic knowledge of audio editing, mainly A, so you can tell the editor that you're outsourcing to what you want your sound to sound like, and B, so it, let's say your audio editor is not available, you can take care of things and get things published on a regular schedule. In addition, if you have some basic knowledge of audio editing, you can uh, help people, you can help your uh, listeners have a better experience because you produce the podcast that you want people to listen to. So that is a quick overview of audio editing. I'm not seeing any hands now, so I can go ahead and just keep talking. Unless someone has questions, you can uh, raise your hand and we'll get your questions answered. No hands so far. Okay, so I was just making sure I wasn't missing something. So um, let's do a quick recap of what it is that I think is important for launching your first podcast. And then we'll go ahead and do questions at that point. So it's important to have a clear definition of, uh, a clear understanding of the major talking points or definition points for producing your own podcast. In addition, figure out why it is you want to produce that podcast. And who is it that you wanna to talk to when you're producing that podcast. Remember, you're in your listeners' ears. And it sounds weird when you say it that way, but it's often true. You're the person who listeners make the decision to listen to your content. It's not like you're being forced on people. So if I listen to a podcast, I typically wear earbuds. And so I'm uh, listening to that podcast and whoever the podcast hosts are in my ear talking to me. So you are the person in people's ears. 
In addition, you need to know uh, what you need to have. And, oh, that's something I, sh I can mention, too, here that I forgot on my notes. So you need to know what else you need to have to record your podcast. Uh, we need to know, uh, again, who it is and why it is we're producing that podcast so we can market our podcast in those places those people are at. And have a basic understanding of audio editing. So I have... Someone might say, hey, Michael, what podcast do you, or what microphone do you recommend for podcasting? And this is something that I totally skipped over and forgot to mention. Have it in my after call notes, but I forgot to mention it. I use two different microphones. Right now, I'm talking to you on a Samsung, not Samsung, but Samsung Q2U microphone. That's Quebec 2 Uniform Microphone. And this is a little overkill what i'm going to tell you is a little overkill and then i'll explain the explain to you what you can do so i'm running this microphone into a soundcraft signature 12 mtk um, and that is a audio interface it's got 12 uh, channels on it so i can send audio wherever i need it to and i can also bring audio from wherever i need it to to make it work in whatever projects i'm involved in uh, I almost need to get a bigger one, but that's besides the point. You don't need this audio interface. This is a $600 audio interface. You don't need that. A Q2U microphone, I saw it on sale on Black Friday for $40, averages between $65 and $75. The next, and that offers uh, two inputs, or two outputs, I'm sorry, two outputs. It offers a mini USB to USB, so that will let you plug the microphone directly into your computer and you can talk into the microphone and then record your content. Or it offers an XLR, which is how I get it into this audio interface that I'm using. That's a round connection with three pins on it. You plug in a cable into the back of the microphone and you can run it into your audio interface uh, to get it into your computer or wherever you need to get it to. I've also recommended to several people the Audio Technica ATR2100X. Uh, I also added this to the notes. This one is a great microphone, especially if you're going to be recording on iPads that have support for USB-C. So the Audio-Technica ATR2100X runs, I saw it on sale on Black Friday for $70, but its typical price is $99. And it is a microphone that offers Again, two connections, the XLR connection, and this one offers instead of mini USB, it's a USB-C. What I really like about the uh, 2100X is the fact that it ships with the microphone, a really basic microphone stand, upgrade that as soon as you can, just saying, uh, and it has a XLR cable, a USB-C to USB-C cable, and a USB-C to USB-A cable. So you have everything you need to connect to any device, pretty much, in order to start recording with the microphone. You also need a pop filter. So I'm gonna give a real quick demonstration. If I say, Peter picked a pile of peppers, and then I'm gonna mute for a second. And then I just took my pop filter off, and I'm gonna say, Peter picked a pile of peppers. And let me mute real quick. You may have heard a difference in that because right now I have a pop filter. So when Peter picks a pile of peppers, you hear less of this clicking, popping sound 
because the air from my voice is stopped by this uh, this pop filter, which I looked them up on Amazon for a client the other day and they were $5. So they're very inexpensive and they produce a substantially better audio sound for your listeners. Um, and you can get those on Amazon. Just look for pop filter for whatever microphone you use. And uh, yeah, so that's my recommendation for a microphone. Headphones, I would recommend if you got a pair to get something that's comfortable for you. It took me a couple pairs to find that were comfortable for me. Uh, my, the ones that I'm using right now, I always forget the name of them, but they are uh, great headphones, they're comfortable. They've got a partially open back so I can hear the dogs barking in the background or someone when they're talking to me and I'm getting the name of them right now so I can share that with you guys as well. Then, And it will also be in the notes. So I'm using the AKG K240 Studio uh, Circumoral Stereo Headphones. Uh, those cost me $69. So you can get started for with a decent microphone and decent headphones for under $150 if that is something you're interested in. Teresa, do we have any questions? No hands. We are at nine till. Yep. So I that's that's pretty much all I want to get into now. Next week we're going to talk more about uh, more in depth about audio editing. I'll give some uh, examples of how some audio editing can be done and then we'll, we will talk about uh, some more advanced podcast usage and some tools that I have used to give you a clean sound while doing recordings uh, since I told you all that I didn't really like the way Zoom sounds. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Teresa or Carrie, do either one of you guys have questions? Not me, right now. No, I just know if I, you know, end up doing this, I'm going to have to upgrade equipment. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can get started with a headset. I, I, I have mixed feelings about headset microphones because I don't really like the way they sound, but I also understand the convenience of them. Uh, but ultimately, it just comes down to what you need. And then uh, I'll talk for two more minutes and let Carrie give her spiel at the end. The reason I picked the Q2U microphone was not related to price. Uh, I had a ATR2100X. It's the microphone I recommend to most people when I'm talking to them. But I did a test of my voice on the Q2U microphone and on the ATR2100X. People told me that my, without knowing which microphone it was, because I just did a, a dry test, people told me that they liked the, the fuller sound that the, AT, or that the QTU gave my voice um, than the ATR2100X. And so for my voice, it does work best with the Samsung QTU. Your voice may be the same or different. One thing I recommend when exploring microphones is inquire to the person who you're reaching out to, uh, I recommend Sweetwater if you're gonna purchase audio equipment. Uh, inquire to the person you're reaching out to or to the organization you're reaching out to as to what their return policy is in case what you end up getting doesn't meet your needs or in case you do a couple of podcasts and you're like, you know, this podcasting thing isn't so fun. I don't really wanna do it. 
And that's a, another reason why I don't recommend you going out and picking up an audio interface to do all this fancy audio routing and sending audio from one program to another program because podcasting can become overwhelming, but it's an amazing and fun experience when you do get into it. So I'm going to stop talking for once and hand it back over to Carrie since I don't think we have any other questions and she can give her uh, closing remarks. Great. Thanks, Michael. And I know you have those post notes. So in just a minute, I'll give people information if you don't already get on that email list for Whole Foundation. Um, so we have a couple more Zoom sessions this week through Whole Foundation. Tomorrow at 1 p.m. we have one, how are you doing and how are you dealing? And that's kind of like a peer support group meeting. And Thursday at 1 p.m. we have ACB's um, abacus queen lucy edmonds is our guest and um, that's not currently on the acp community call but it but watch the thursday schedule or you can reach out to whole foundation and learning center and i'll give that information here so they do send out um their schedule each week and they also have a monthly newsletter so you don't get inundated with tons and tons of emails and so if you want to get on their mailing list, you can call 503-668-6195. Again, that number is 503-668-6195. Or you could send an email to oralhole at gmail.com. That's O-R-A-L. H U L L at gmail.com. And you can always go to www.hulparkfortheblind.org. That's H U L L parkfortheblind.org. And our trick, and um, I will also say that sessions that are not on ACB community calls, they do use the waiting room feature and let everybody in right at the top of the hour. Most of their sessions are at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. And those are Pacific times. I did not announce that when I told those sessions. Um, so those of you on the East Coast, you can do the backward math for a change. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we always end with a couple jokes. So, hey, it's holiday time. I like holiday stuff. So, what happened to the man who stole an advent calendar? He got 25 days. Oh. <laughs> okay, 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 they get better. They, this last one, you know, there's three of them here, so that last one I was like. Um, what do they sing at a snowman's birthday party? Freeze a jolly good fellow. <laughs> All right, okay, okay, okay. Who delivers presents to baby sharks at Christmas? Santa Jaws, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for joining us today and hope to see you at our next session.